Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers, and welcome to issue 4175 of the Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. It is Friday the 27th of November in the year that simply refuses to end ahead of schedule. I'm Andy Zoltz, reporting to you live from London, the city where angels fear to tread, largely because they're not sure exactly what the current COVID regulations are and don't understand uh, what they'll be next week when lockdown two ends and is replaced by the definitely not a lockdown, restricted freedom three-tier special, uh, and frankly, they've just given up Uh, i'm specifically in my shed where angels also fear to tread because generally it's a bit messy there's nothing much of interest for angels i'm basically angel proof and uh, they're generally if i remember the bible correctly not interested in old cricket books Uh, special thanksgiving greeting for our american listeners uh happy well happy thank for that's giving after what's happened over the past month and joining me For this week's Bugle, from a collection of two of the world's most famous continents, Asia and uh, the one Canada's on. Firstly, from Mumbai, India, it's Aditi Mittal. Aditi, welcome back. Uh, Welcome back to the Bugle. How are you? Thank you so much, Andy. I'm so happy to be here. I had a foot surgery recently and uh, I am currently so high on a cocktail of painkillers. And this is the first time I'm recording the Bugle in the same state that I normally listen to the Bugle. Oh, oh, right. Which is high. <laughs> okay. I, mean, just, I assume you just mean high on the, the, the natural painkiller that is listening listening to the bugle, which is actually used medicinally in over 130 countries under the World Health Organization. <laughs> as an anesthesia as well. Yeah. I, as... <laughs> that's basically what I've attempted to do through my comedy career, is <laughs> sink people into a deep sleep where nothing can be felt or heard. Uh, and uh, joining us also for the first time since giving birth, uh, team effort, uh, from New York City, USA, it's Hari Kondabolu. Thank you, Andy. I, I should tell you that my partner uh, did do most of the work, uh, such as pushing the child out, carrying right. the child, currently <laughs> feeding the child. Uh, well, you, but you, I ran was... point. you ran point, basically. Yeah. 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 Somebody has to organize the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Some, somebody has to give instructions. I mean, push, push. <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't for me, then what? <laughs> ba- baby, be cute, be twelve pounds inside her right now. Um, I just want to clear up uh, a rumor, a couple of rumors uh, that um, I haven't been on the bugle for a long time because there's a personal issue between you right. and me. That is absolutely untrue. Right. It is because uh, you know we just had jo- my partner Jocelyn and I just had a child, right? And also. Uh, you know, some are saying that because my podcast Politically Reactive is back with W. Kamau Bell, <laughs> I decided not to make any time for the bugle. And right. the only reason I'm on this week is that we're we're in an off week from that show. Right. And, and I know a lot of people are saying that, but I yeah, want loads. you to know it yeah. is not completely accurate. <laughs> <laughs> so well, what are the what are the what are the slight slight inaccuracies in that? Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get, just get back to me on it. Get back to me on it next yeah, time. Yeah, I'll, I'll look. Next just time. give me some time, and I'll, I'll yeah. come up with a more well-rounded lie the right. next time okay. we speak. <laughs> have, you, have you got? Have you got any? Uh, have you got any parenting tips from your your first uh, first couple of months of uh, of, of parenthood? No, no, no. Right. I, I no. Uh, is um, trying to drown out the baby's crying by screaming a good strategy? Um, well, it's not, it's not flawless. I, I mean, it, it, there's something to be said for it. I, I'm just not <laughs> sure that long term, it's something that you want to get stuck with for the next 18 years. But, you know, it's, uh, 
mean, it's essentially that's how American politics works. So maybe right, right. That, as an American parent, <laughs> you, you should give it a go. Um, anyway. No, I, I said where. I said where. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I mean, I think that's just basically summed up the last four years. Right. <laughs> Uh, was that the presidential debates? <laughs> I mean, well summarized. Well summarized. As always, a section of the bugle is going straight in the bin this week. Advent calendars uh, in the bin. It's the uh, 27th of November, so um, no doubt you're all sitting excitedly by your advent calendars, <laughs> waiting for the 1st of December. We've got a couple of free advent calendars uh, to give away to you uh, on this week's uh, bugle in the bin. Uh, firstly, from Zoologics, uh, new His and Hers Grow Your Own Zoo advent calendar, uh, mammal edition. In the For Her side of the advent calendar, 24 ovums from different mammals from around the world. And on the For Him side, 24 vials of sperm, all tastefully presented behind the numbered doors of a manger-themed reversible Christmas scene, complete with 24 test tubes to grow your embryos in. Uh, you begin with a gerbil on the 1st of December and work your way up the food chain via the likes of platypuses, goats and elks before you create a mighty lion on Christmas Eve, which, uh, if all goes well, should pop out just after Easter. Uh, just quick disclaimer, zoologics cannot be held responsible for any animal successfully birthed. Do not begin breeding program unless you have space in your home for a minimum of 24 additional mammals, may contain twins or full litters. Do not crossbreed, no matter how much you want to see a giraffe-dolphin cross. Uh, also uh, <laughs> available from zoologics, the insect edition, now with anti-swarm technology, and the fish edition, complete with a build-your-own 800,000-gallon half-and-half fresh and salt water home aquarium. <laughs> Also in the bin, the Bugle Pessimism Advent Calendar. 24 pieces of gloomy resignation to listen to one a day over the first 24 days of December as you contemplate the inevitable failures of humanity and yourself to get yourself through to another Christmas. Here are the first six days to get you started with your Audio Pessimism Advent Calendar. December the 1st. Those begonias I planted in the garden will probably be trampled on by next door's cat and then die before flowering. December the 2nd. I'll never find that watch I think I lost in the park, but might have just lost under the bed. December the 3rd. All meaningful arts will crumble under the crushing weight of modern technology and free market economics. December the 4th. Democracy is functionally dead. December the 5th. The planet is almost certainly doomed anyway, regardless of what we belatedly do for the environment now. And December the 6th. Roger Federer might retire in 2021. Well, if we hit, we hit that on the 6th of December, God knows what the 24th is going to be like. <laughs> Anyway, straight in the bin. Uh, oh, I've, sorry, I've got an anniversary as well. Uh, we are recording on the 27th of November. On this day in 1839 in Boston, Massachusetts, the American Statistical Association was founded. Um, the American Lies Association and Breakaway American Damned Lies Association took unsuccessful legal action to try to shut the American Statistical Association down, but uh, did not work since the founding of the American Statistical Association, the number of statistics in America has risen by an average of 3.2% per annum. And that's uh, just made it slightly worse. Uh, in uh, 1895 on this day, uh, Alfred Nobel signed his last will and testament, setting aside his uh, estate to establish the Nobel Prize after his death. Also in his will, he left less well-known bequests that to this day continue to fund the Eurovision Song Contest, Rear of the Year, and the Golden Bucket Award for Most Publicly Vomiting Celebrity. 
Uh, and uh, we also have a special worst November the 27th ever award. Uh, and uh, the, nom- the nominees are from 1911, the actors in a New York production of Playboy of the Western World by the Irish playwright J.M. Singh, who were vegetably heckled in a protest at uh, what the audience perceived as insulting stereotypes of Irish people. Uh, the audience hurled potatoes, other vegetables, stink bombs, <laughs> and then more potatoes at the actors. There were 10 arrests and the police became involved. But was that a worse 27th of November than that suffered by Byzantine Emperor Morris in the year 602, and he was forced to watch five of his sons executed and was then beheaded himself? Uh, this week's winner. No contest. Morris takes it. That, I mean, that's a that is a bad that is a bad day in anyone's book, isn't it? It's like somebody had twenty twenty in a whole day. <laughs> like this is just. Top story this week: language in twenty twenty. The Oxford English Dictionary has uh, found this year as difficult as everyone else, and for the first time, it has been unable to choose a single word of the year describing 2020 as a year which cannot be neatly accommodated in one single word. And while surely this summarises everything about the confusion of this shittest of years, uh, I mean, as the great ancient Greek historian Thucydides himself once wrote, you know a year is a pile of irredeemable shit when it can't be summarised in a single word. Well, the sound for this year is definitely... To summarize uh, everyone's year, I think that fart noise is appropriate. And also because I have a child, I've heard that sound <laughs> a lot. So I think that is the perfect summary of 2020 for, for all involved. Uh, you know, honestly, Andy, what I'm really shocked at is that Oxford is not able to choose a word of the year. You know yeah. what that is? That's my choice of the word of the year. It's unprecedented. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to nominate the word uh, unprecedented. It's one of those words that if I hear it one more time, something very precedented is going to happen. I have a history of murder. And um, uh, the other word, I mean, I I thought of also a few phrases, uh, one of which was you're on mute. Um, Which which could definitely be as as Chris nods mutely uh, on mute. Uh, that was one of my other choices. Uh, another choice that I thought was uh, this could have been an email um, <laughs> for, for the phase of 2020. Uh, there was also the word pivot, pivot, uh, because I thought I like I've I've I heard it used in a non-physics context uh, right. for the first time in my life, and I think we've done that thing where at the beginning of the pandemic we pivoted and then. We're pivoting back again. So now we're in the same place that we started with like lockdowns and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, those have been, uh, there's also, of course, the few that, you know, that really came up to me, like co-influencer, uh, someone who is a super spreader, you know, of the COVID, uh, didn't know they had it and then gave it to everybody. Uh, and then, of course, there was the Covidian. Uh, which was a series of words that government officials have been putting in press releases to blame their blatant incompetencies on the occurrence of COVID instead of acknowledging that the pandemic revealed deep structural inequalities that needed to be addressed, <laughs> irrespective of us having a pandemic or not. I think that might I think that might take it, actually. I think if Oxford could make the decision again after listening to that, Aditi, I think they would. 
So I would go with that. Uh, the president of Oxford Dictionaries uh, is someone called Casper Grafvoll, who's obviously made up. I mean, that is obviously he's obviously a made up. <laughs> he's escaped from fiction, Elon Musk style, in Grafvoll's case from a Harry Potter novel. But he said. It's unprecedented and a little ironic. In a year that left us speechless, <laughs> that 2020 has been filled with new words. Unlike any, a year that left us speechless. That made me think, actually. If only that were true. If if no one had said anything this year, Hari, <laughs> would we be in a better or worse state now? And would it have affected the American election if no words had been spoken? Uh, yeah, Andy. Uh, the written form has been around for quite some time. Um, and a variety of ways to share information without the use of one's vocal cords. So, yeah, it, it would have been the same, yes. And, and, and Andy, frankly, if no one had said anything, there would be less vocal spray and less uh, spreading yes. of the COVID. Exactly. I mean, that, I think that was one of the... The, the British, <laughs> British government kept having these kind of three-phrase three slogans. Um, and I think one of them was, shut up, shut up, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But some of the words that were on Oxford's list, um, uh, words that have really been prominent this year, furlough, uh, which is, in fact, a very old word, and originally it was cor correctly pronounced furloff, and it dates back to Norman times, a bit of fact here, from the 1066 Norman Conquest, uh, after which the Doomsday Book, written in 1086, revealed high levels of unemployment due to the tapestry industry shifting to Bayeux on the French mainland. Uh, Britain was largely a tapestry-based economy up till then. Um, and um, uh, King William received a report from uh, the author of the Doomsday Book, uh, Monsieur Dumesday, um, hence the, uh, the name of the book, uh, about the need to support those who furloth the employment ladder. Uh, that was the uh, influence of the, uh, the French language. Mail-in, <laughs> um, no, mail-in, that's another um, another word of the year. I mean, this is how democracy advances. It's a huge influence of mail-in votes in the American election. I mean, it just shows how quickly democracy advances that a mere 160-plus years after the invention of the postal service, we're finally <laughs> properly incorporating it into I mean, just just wait we will all be voting on our smartphones as soon as the year 2184 <laughs> did did uh, did you uh, did you did you vote by post or um i did vote by post i have no idea whether the vote was counted but right. it, it was sent and just just one or in in, in many different states or uh, you know did you get your, your newborn infant here's to, the, here's uh, the thing if i joke and tell you i voted in every state <laughs> Uh, the election will be overturned. <laughs> uh, at this point, that is, that he's he's looking for an opening. Desperately, Trump is looking for some opening. And a random comedian on a political podcast yes. jokingly <laughs> saying he voted in every state would uh, it would void the election. The election <laughs> would be voided. He really sounds uh, like he's full of himself. <laughs> very good very good um, you, you know on this show you're never going to get criticised for a comment like that um, just what well not, well, not by Andy by no <laughs> 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 other uh, other words on the Oxford list of uh, the many words of the year uh, include uh, conspiracy theory. It's been a bumpy year for conspiracy theories, but quantity does not always equal quality. And I guess it's inevitable that as the conspiracy theorists churn out their stuff to meet increasing demand, it's like Hollywood films, isn't it? The standard's going to drop off. They're just hacking out 
QAnon level build. There's no craft, no depth, not even a shred of plausibility, <laughs> no real proper narratives. It's a real shame to see what's happened to that once great industry. Uh, Anti-mask. That's. Uh, I mean, that used to refer to people who hate ancient Greek drama, or a new tech device <laughs> that uh, makes your face, or a new tech device that makes your face super expressive that uh, betrays all your inner <laughs> thoughts via enhanced eyebrow wigglage and mouth or uh, muscular ch- muscular. Ch- oh, that that made up word got out of control. Uh, moonshot, or as Neil Armstrong used to call it, selfie. Um, that's uh, another word. And um, interestingly, the word of the year in 2019 was climate emergency. Um, now, that, of course, was two words, leading to a lot of early betting on the 2020 word of the year before COVID uh, really struck being irritated pedants hyphenated. Um, <laughs> but climate emergency must have really fancied its chances of being the first word to retain the word of the year title. But uh, little Victoria virus toddled along and uh, and screwed everything up. So uh, it's been... Uh, well, it's been interesting, yeah, and th- this uh, this word of the year is quite a, a new thing. It only began in 2004, um, before which humanity was still labouring under the misapprehension that uh, the activities of an entire planet and its people deserve more than one f***ing word. But um, <laughs> they have now um, backdated the word of the year. Some highlights uh, from history include uh, a 1 AD, mer, which is an archaic form of our modern meh, um, 32 AD, abracadabra, 1916, ouch. 1776, ooh. <laughs> 1969, look at the flags for heaven's sake, they're moving in the wind. Uh, 1348, goddamn f***ing <laughs> rats. Uh, 1939, not again. 1855, oh, nursy. 1865, we apologise for the unscheduled intermission in tonight's performance. 1536, painful breakup. 1996, no diggity. 1877, <laughs> test match cricket. 1512, what the f*** have you done to my ceiling? 2007, bugle. 4004 BC, da-da! And 4003 BC, underpants. Um... So we now have history covered. I think, though, there could be a bit of a rebound against 2020. I can see the word um, schmackshination uh, and schmience coming back against vaccination and science. Um, The phrase, turns out it was a massive fraud after all. Expecting that to get increasing traction through the year. Um, uh, Julianal, which is the adjective from Giuliani. Uh, I can see that becoming a... (laughs) That's not Um, a new word. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and the phrase birth control. (laughs) (laughs) Unprecedented And the phrase unprecedentedly unprecedentedly explosive tantrum by a departing president at an inauguration. I think that uh, that's a phrase that we could hear. In other language news, the Austrian village of fucking is changing its name. <laughs> As if 2020 couldn't get any worse, the world's greatest village, fucking, as featured in Bugle issue 191, has announced that it is going to be changing its name fundamentally because humanity is too childish. Uh, it is sick of being lampooned for uh, its name. Um, but never, this is I mean, this is the worst thing that can happen. We need all the happiness we can get, do we not, at the moment? And it's changing its name from fucking to fugging, disappointing all fans of rude words. This is a this is a real <laughs> blow to all humanity, Harry, I would say. Well, it's, it's better than the runner-up name that they came up with, which was Flaccid Town. <laughs> I thought, you know, was in terms of its the, the evolution of the town's name was appropriate, right? You know, 
That's it. There's a TV miniseries called that coming out. I think the, maker, <laughs> the makers of Westworld have, have uh, put it together. So about a, like a place where you can go to have your impotence dealt with. Anyway, um, <laughs> but I mean, there've been many. There've been many towns like this that have had to change uh, their names due to. Uh, you know, English speakers uh, sort of having fun at their cost. So there was, of course, uh, Cunnilingus, Pennsylvania, yep. uh, which uh, which became Funnilingus, uh, Pennsylvania. And uh, yep. that didn't change anything about it. Uh, just like called Fugging uh, is going to change nothing about this. <laughs> uh, the, the name of the village apparently dates from the 11th century, well before sexual intercourse was even invented, of course. So I mean, you can understand <laughs> the villagers not thinking that far ahead. Uh, and of course, at that stage in the the word f***ing was merely a technical term for the um, uh, from the world of carpentry, meaning um, inserting a screw or nail into a pre-existing hole. Um, so interesting. Uh, it's, there you go, Helen. You're not the only member of the Zaltzman family who knows a thing or two about the uh, origin of naughty words. But um, the uh, the fuckingers, which is well, what the the people of the village of fucking apparently known as, soon to be fuggingers or fugsters or fuggles, uh, have just five weeks left. <laughs> of being residents of the most admired village in the universe. But they've bottled it. They've elected to join the ranks of villages with only slightly amusing names, along with the residents of Wonk in Germany, Nodge in Hungary, and, of course, Tisdekel in Denmark. <laughs> um, but uh, it's uh, it's really it's very sad, really. And uh, Also, rumours that the Canadian Union of Nautical Technicians are considering changing their name to the Canadian Nautical Technicians Union. And it's, of course, <laughs> rem- <laughs> reminiscent... Of the rebranding of the now defunct airline TWA, Transworld Airlines, a corporate name in many ways well ahead of its time in hindsight, uh, which was known up until 1950 as Transcontinental and Western Air after dropping the word transport from its name following an emergency board meeting in 1930, (laughs) a day after it was formed. America news now and it's pardoning season. Um, Hari, Donald Trump, your, uh, your, your president um, for the next either few weeks or uh, four and a bit years. Just I believe, I believe what you meant is the president, the president <laughs> for the next. Let's not, let's not prejudge the legal process. Um, uh, he's pardoned a, a turkey and B, uh, Michael Flynn. Um, yeah. It's uh, I mean, obviously it's always an exciting time of, uh, of the year pardoning pardoning season uh turkey must have been delighted the turkey uh was pardoned uh for what i believe is its only crime which is being alive i think that was the only (laughs) thing it had done wrong and uh and the thing is uh knowing trump's character uh that turkey's that turkey's dead that turkey was shot (laughs) immediately after the photo the turkey knew too much the turkey was eaten that night like that turkey's gone (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's the Michael Flynn one is what was strangest to me with the Michael Flynn story is how he decided to tell the world the news via Twitter. Uh, Andy, do you have the tweet in front of you by any chance? Uh, well, he said, it is my great honor to announce that General Michael T. Flynn has been granted a full pardon. Congratulations to General Flynn and his wonderful family. As if it's a great achievement, a full, you know, it's, right. it's sort of like one winning the Masters Golf or something, right. or a Nobel Prize. I mean, congratulations for the great achievement of, I don't know, knowing too much, as you right. say. Or right. Es- essentially, a- congratulations for dodging a bullet <laughs> that the person who pardoned you shot in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, it's basically, uh, this is something Trump's done his, his whole life. There's going to be a tape uh, actually released uh, later this week, which uh, I can't tell you more about, but I do have exclusive access to. But <laughs> he does say in the tape, uh, it was a false positive. You don't have herpes. Congratulations to you and your wonderful family. <laughs> so so the, he does have a track record with this kind of thing. <laughs> But it's, it is. We've talked about this before, I think, on a, on a show you were on about about how strange this, this this convention of presidential pardons is. It does give off a bit of a kind of crime is fine vibe. I mean, wouldn't it make logical sense if, as well as overturning the crimes of the guilty, the president himself was also entitled to go on a week long crime spree just to get it all out of his system? Well, I I think that is what's going to happen because he wants to pardon himself. Yeah, uh, that's what uh, that's what we all assume will happen. Even though you can't pardon yourself before you're uh, charged with a crime, right? If you do it preemptively, it sets a very dangerous precedent. So what you're basically <laughs> saying is, I am now invincible. Uh, you cannot touch me. Uh, you, I can do whatever I want. I've been pardoned preemptively, uh, <laughs> which would lead to the first ever president slash serial killer, which. <laughs> <laughs> you know, look, he's broken a lot of ground, but that would be that would be a new one. Yeah. Well, you've clearly not read the new biography of uh, William Howard Taft. <laughs> um, <laughs> I heard um, that he's going to um, pardon uh, John Wilkes Booth, the man who killed yeah. uh, Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, beca- because he said there were good people on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a number of historical figures. Lee Harvey Oswald, uh, he could get yep. off. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, Benedict Arnold, Hannibal Lecter, <laughs> Steve yep. Bartman. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Lex Luthor, Vanity Smurf, Bigfoot, and George the Third could all be in line for uh, for pardons from uh, Steve Buscemi in Air Force One. That guy was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I look forward to that pardon. You're going to be pardoned too for so many of your your puns, Andy. That's <laughs> yeah. You can re- you can re- you can re-enter the United States again. Right. I'm, I'm, yeah, I maintain. I mean, I'm not accepting a pardon because that would that would be me admitting that I was in some way guilty. You know. Um, the uh, the turkey um, it was called corn um, and uh, was let off uh, scot free from a rap list that included convictions for aggressive pecking whilst in possession of a beak. Being feathery with malice aforethought, wattle waggling, and impersonating a goose, uh, as well as the usual Trump associate stick of lying to the FBI, tax fraud, and bribery. Um, so uh, it's good. Good day. turkey lives to see another day. Um, what do you do? What are you doing for thank for Thanksgiving, uh, Hari? Are you? Um... It's al- it's already happened, Andy. It was oh, was it? Oh, was it yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what yeah, do you have yeah, on yeah. Thursday for? It's ridiculous. We, we do. It's oh. always a Thursday. It's always been right, a Thursday. Okay. Sorry, so I, so I forget. I'm a bit out of the loop. Quick side, I just, I just want to just, just a little small beef I have with a lot of uh, friends who are Brits over the years. Yeah. When Thanksgiving is brought up, uh, they'll say things like, uh, "Oh, that's when uh, you all celebrate the genocide you committed over a meal," and they refer to it as the genocide we committed. And they seem to forget that we were you. <laughs> this oh, was a genocide one. you committed. Oh, we hear, we hear it from the Australians. Now we're getting it from the Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, 
<laughs> but I, I think there's something beautiful about this. Like, you know, I think like the genocide was what like they took, you know, like syphilis infested blankets and gave them out to the locals and massacred them. It was uh, it was small it was smallpox, but yeah, th- there was there was a lot of intentional uh, murder as well as uh, you know them having smallpox and spreading it quickly to immune systems that couldn't handle it. Uh, but yeah, it was it was pretty <laughs> yeah. Well, it was it was ages ago, and we have now toppled the statue of uh, the smallpox virus uh, that was uh, erected in every town in Britain in the. Uh, Early 20th century. Um. You know, they still say very good things about it in our textbooks, so I don't know. <laughs> in other American news, uh, Ben Carson, uh, former um, presidential candidate, uh, of course, uh, is, uh, well, he's been, um, uh, Hori, you're our um, pillow industry correspondent, and uh, yes. Ben Carson has apparently been taking coronavirus advice from the person who set up the My Pillow pillow company that is correct yes. uh ben carson is an actual doctor by the way yeah. uh the best kind of doctor he and uh he <laughs> it's not like it's not an education doctor <laughs> uh but no no offense but you know if, if, if i have a heart attack <laughs> the last thing i want is oh, i have a, a a doctorate in philosophy that's not gonna help me <laughs> if I have a heart attack. Well, not even like to see you come to some greater understanding of your place in the universe and the purpose right. of life as you breathe your last. That would help, surely. <laughs> but uh, he's he's, a, he's an actual medical doctor, and he's taking advice from the my my pillow guy, who somehow has an inside lane to the president and the cabinet, which is stunning. <laughs> and to be fair, his his pillows, uh, his pillows are are, are pretty good. Right. Uh, I wouldn't say they're great, but uh, they're pretty good. However, <laughs> if you've never used a pillow before. It's earth shattering. <laughs> it's a real paradigm shifter. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's it's really the whole thing is is very strange because Ben Carson wasn't just a medical doctor, he was one of the greatest brain surgeons of all time. <laughs> like it's not just that he was a like he was like gifted. He uh, you know his his gifted hands were 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 discussed constantly. Like it's, it yeah. was an extremely big deal and yet whenever he talks he makes brain surgery seem less impressive (laughs) (laughs) it's so that is some achievement really when you put it in those terms oh absolutely like you wouldn't imagine someone being a dumb genius and that is exactly (laughs) like this is a man who once said that jews could have prevented the holocaust if they had guns. So, it, like, your yeah. first thought is, oh, this guy tried brain surgery on himself, and it was a tremendous <laughs> failure. Like, this is not what should have happened. Yeah, I guess we were maybe just practicing at home one night and thought, oh, right. this, is, this is the only head What does this do? <laughs> <laughs> the, so, the, the my pillow guy, Mike, Mike Lindell, um, uh, it does slightly show how COVID has just sent the entire world off its rocker essentially because i mean you wouldn't get you wouldn't get this happening with other illnesses you would have you know say, hey you can design and market pillows can't you yes i can oh good how do i treat gallstones <laughs> no but with covid everything all traditional logic has gone out the window the my pillow website also has currently as i checked for the first time a sean hannity special offer uh, which if you click the sean hannity special offer you get 60 percent off 
a presumably special Hannity-infused pillow, which guarantees not only a good night's sleep, but also that you will wake up with reactionary views on immigration, a pathological fear of social progress, and a sense that feminism is a communist conspiracy. So uh, that's got to send you off to sleep. There's some validity in the idea that the common person has valid medical advice. What you are, Andy, is brainwashed by these (laughs) liberal (laughs) medical universities who, who talk about their liberal science, wash your hands, wear a mask, uh, don't, don't spit or urinate into an open orifice during surgery. All, all these rules. Bloodletting doesn't work. Uh, tri- leeches cure AIDS. Like all these, you're just, you're just buying into it, okay? The average person, just because they don't have a medical degree from so-called experts, who are basing their knowledge of based on hundreds of years of medicine. <laughs> so what? So what? Don't don't buy into the hype. How does this my pillow guy sleep at night? <laughs> Ironically, <laughs> I just crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. Oh my god. That, that's, that, I'm sorry, but that's the that's the joke of the show. That's, that's my, that is the best joke. On a thirty dollar pillow, you know what? Go ahead. You know this thing like this this whatever Ben Carson sounds like an Indian uncle. Like he sounds like a proper Indian uncle who will like Indian politicians are now doing this thing, right? Where they like are recommending like cow urine for cancer curing, and like oh, you like smear cow dung on your arms, and you like you you become fairer and stuff. But the moment they get like even a mild hiccup, they're the first ones to like fly to John Hopkins University. <laughs> it's freaking crazy. It's crazy. India news now. And um, well, this is uh, this is an interesting story, uh, uh, Aditi. Love Jihad is uh, it's the... Uh, well, the headline that, that you you sent us for this, you're going to fill in some of those intriguing gaps in those uh, between those two words. Uh, so uh, jihad, uh, as uh, Google tells me, is uh, the holy war uh, against Islamism, and uh, love, uh, as is known in Indian context, is something terrifying, and young people should never be able to do it. Um, and so. What in the, what we've done now, the two biggest states in India, the most populated states in India have decided to pass a law combining those two words called the Love Jihad Law. The Love Jihad Law forbids uh, inter-religious marriage, especially mar- uh, marriages between Hindus and Muslims are now punishable by law. Um, and, and you know what, actually, I mean, it's sort of keeping in trend with the rabid Islamophobia that has been sort of now worldwide and India doesn't want to be left behind, you know. Uh, and so sort of just like, you know, we're leaving our Islamophobia print everywhere. Uh, we've in fact managed to smear it in every industry. Like we have something called education jihad, where now we're concerned about the high, the high number of Muslims who are showing up for civil service entrance exams. Um, the understanding for love jihad mostly is that uh, you know, there are these really, really, really hot Muslim guys and these really, really, really dumb Hindu girls, right? And then they fall in love and then they make them convert. And as a really, 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 really dumb Hindu girl, nothing would give me more joy 
uh, then the piss off uh, a bunch of uh, cow piss peddling uh, politicians. And so I'd like to use this platform to put a call out to any, I, I'm not even here for the looks, uh, just any nice Muslim guy who likes to laugh, uh, doesn't mind me eating crisps in bed. Um, and, you know, would love to around with Indian bureaucracy for a couple of years. Please get in touch with me. Because, um, you know, I'm, can I tell you the truth? Like, it blows my mind to imagine. Because right now, I mean, in Muslim men are under attack, right? The baby steps of oppression always start with sort of attacking the men of the community. Um, and so we had recently what was called the triple talaq law that went into... Uh, uh, that was criminalized, which meant that if you gave your wife a triple talaq, then uh, that it was saying talaq, 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 divorce, divorce, divorce three times, then you would uh, be put in jail. This was formerly a uh, non-jailable crime uh, because nobody was doing it. Uh, but they decided to make this uh, a, a jailable crime so that they could put away, you know, young Muslim men for substantial amounts of time. Not giving a f about the actual Muslim women, uh, the wives who would be left uh, without the support of, because normally even after divorce, Muslim men are supposed to provide uh, economic support to the women that they divorce. But when they're in jail, they're not going to be able to provide much. Um, it concerns me that there are now, you know, like with this sort of assault on Muslim men, that actually just Hindu men are up late at night. Being like, why are they so hot? That's true. Hurry knows. I find this a bit reductive, <laughs> frankly, because what's going to happen? We already, <laughs> India already has the highest population of Muslims in the world. Uh, and so if there's no sort of inter interfaith marriage allowed, they're just going to keep marrying each other. The same thing is going to happen to the Hindus. Uh, you know, it's just going to be a bunch of Hindus marrying within caste and within last name and within sort of uh, the religion and we're all at the end of the day I think India is going to be a country of like 4.5 billion Prince Charles uh, <laughs> vicious inbreeding um, and so yeah I mean these are sort of my uh, and, cause, and you know it's so tragic and it's so this thing because interfaith marriage doesn't even happen all that much like the in, in I look at the percentages it's 2.2% to 2.9% we aren't even doing it that much. And uh, so, I mean, and while a pandemic rages uh, outside, I don't know, did I mention unprecedented times? I feel like we discussed it this year. Um, I, I, I can't believe that this is what we're making laws about. I was I was obviously bummed to, to read about uh, the law and it, it's such a step backwards for progress for civilization. Uh, but I was also bummed about the name Love Jihad because it really, like, it'll force me to rename the Bollywood remake of Love Actually that I've been writing for quite some time now. And uh, it's like, oh, great. I, I, I had come up with the title before I wrote the script. Now what? <laughs> Uh, before uh, we go, uh, Bugle merch is available. New and expanded uh, range uh, featuring uh, probably the greatest bobble hat in the history of human headgear. Um, Christmas jumpers. What else, Chris? What are we? What else have we got on the uh, on the uh, site? We've got uh, Bugle scarves. Awesome scarves. You can also buy the scarf and bobble hat as one bundle for someone who you really love this Christmas. 
Right. And we've got half a glass of water T-shirts on sale too. Right. So that's all your Christmas presents sorted out. Any anything to plug? Um, any shows? Uh, Harry, you've already, you did your plug right at the start. You got anything oh, else? Oh yeah, I don't f- around, Andy. <laughs> politically, politically reactive is back every Thursday. New episodes. Me and W Kamau Bell. Also, me and my brothers' podcast, the Untitled Kundabolu Brothers podcast, will be out uh, sporadically, uh, but we do have an episode coming out soon. Aditi, any uh, any shows or? Netflix stuff. My uh, my third uh, stand-up special, Mother of Invention, is on uh, Prime Video UK and Ireland. Uh, so if you're in that area, be sure to avoid those two places. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I will have uh, the first episode of my podcast, Off Brand, uh, coming out on the 12th of December. So uh, if any of you are uh, listening, uh, listen. Please. Just one other story, uh, which we'll leave you with, is uh, the death of Diego Maradona uh, at the age of sixty. The uh, the great uh, footballer, the um, the Grim Reaper, like so many nineteen eighties defenders, has hacked Maradona down. And sure, Maradona, the way he lived, was looking for the foul. He's almost been goading the Reaper to chop him down like a shrouded Andoni Goikachir. Uh, for any Bill Bow fans out there, um, <laughs> and the surprise is that Maradona has not leapt out of his coffin and started complaining to the ref, uh, which was disappointing for his many fans. He was one of the most brilliant, compelling individuals in the history of sport. If he was a fictional character in a sports film, you'd go, yeah, very entertaining, but it's a bit overwritten on the whole hackneyed, flawed genius shtick. But it, it, I even, it's even saw on the... Uh, I was watching CNN yesterday, and it, it get quite a lot of coverage in them, and he said, Maradona said, I hate everything that ever comes out of America. <laughs> I don't know much about Maradona, but I did hear that uh, he had good hands. Uh, Great hands. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even like soccer. (laughs) That joke felt good. That joke felt good. (laughs) Too soon. Andy, my favorite thing about uh, the the Maradona story this week is that obviously the goalkeeper that he used his hand on was, was Peter Shilton. Yeah. Who uh, so Maradona was hated, and Peter Shilton got a lot of sympathy. And then Peter Shilton, over recent years, has emerged as a massive Brexiteer. <laughs> and so, so Peter Shilton started trending on social media over the last twenty-four hours, mostly so Remainers could call Peter Shilton a. C- <laughs> before we play you out with some lies about our premium level volunteer subscribers uh, we will dig into the Bugle archives for commentary of Maradona's greatest moment of individual skill that unfathomably brilliant second goal scored with the correct part of his body against England in the 1986 World Cup quarterfinal uh, as heard on the Bugle back in 2010 courtesy of the BBC archives and their commentator in Mexico 86 Pernell Hinge Maradona gets the ball now, the cheating little shit. What are you going to do? Punch it in from the halfway line, you prick. He turns now, kick the f***er, past Beardsley, whack him, you loser, past Hodge. What part of kick that bastard of the balls are you struggling to understand, Hodge? Past Reed, nail him, f***ing nail him. He's up to Fennec now, come on, Terry, put him in a body bag, f***ing f***. Shit, he's past f***ing Butcher as well. F***ing twat him, Terry. Just Shilton to beat now. Take his f***ing head off, Peter. I don't give a f*** if he scores. F***ing ruined him. Oh, look, it's in. Oh, no, it's in. 2-0. Oh, that was a tremendous goal by the little magician. Laurie McMenemy, have you ever seen anything like that? 
Walter F. had to disappoint a friend last week when the friend thought he discovered a new type of firework that neither makes a bang nor lights up, but stays in the air for much longer than a traditional firework and moves in more irregular patterns and is visible in daylight. Walter told said friend as diplomatically as possible that what he had in fact spotted was a pigeon. Jeff Welder would like to see a breeding program to restore a wild griffin population to the world. Jeff explains the half-eagle, half-lion, gold-hoarding mythical beast would be a real tourist attraction, as well as making some of today's more unimpressive, complacent, low-achieving creatures buck their ideas up a bit. I'm looking at you, koalas. Raise it. Jerry Egan and Joseph Serante, by the most fictitious of coincidences, both had elderly relatives who went to the same school back in the 1950s. Jerry's great-uncle thought he'd busted open an international spy ring when he heard the school cook on the phone saying, ''Yes, of course, Stalin, I will make them crumble,'' while stirring a pot of suspiciously lumpy custard. Joseph's great-auntie herself overheard Jerry's great-uncle reporting the suspicion to their head teacher. She then made secret recordings of the chef for the next 12 months and came to the conclusion that the cook had probably in fact said, yes, of course, darling, not yes, of course, Stalin, whilst speaking to his wife, who was the kitchen manager and meal planner at the same school, and loved desserts with a bit of fruit and a bit of crunch. Christopher Muller thinks there might be a passable movie in a story about a group of 1930s Soviet women ballet dancers, forced to give up ballet because all the male dancers were sent to Siberia for dancing insufficiently commonly. They then form a troupe to travel the USSR, expressing the glories of the collective through the medium of interpretative dance. The film would be called Stalin's Darlings and would be harrowing, heartwarming and sexy in equal measure. And finally, Steve Jamieson was once hypnotised as a child at a circus performance, as a result of which he was left with a lasting confusion for some reason between ornithology and endoscopy. This inevitably resulted in an extremely fractious school outing to a local bird sanctuary, which featured Steve being sent back to the school bus for shouting, Not the Pelican, please not the Pelican, at a very high volume. Here endeth this week's lies. To join the Bugle Voluntary Subscription Scheme and make a recurring or one-off donation to the show, go to thebuglepodcast.com and click the Donate button. Goodbye. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss Lime Bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.